Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing great. Welcome to this very special bonus edition of STL. This is the continuation of the Face versus Heel WrestleMania 30 episode that you have listened to. And now for all you STL listeners, as a bonus, you get to hear an old friend, somebody I haven't talked to in almost a year. Since the most controversial episode of STL, Star Wars Episode 1, Mr. Ty is on the line. How are you doing, sir? This is actually Jason from Film and Focus. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good, man. It's good to hear your voice. Good to have you back, man. Long time, man. Long time. I, I, I'll try and be a good boy this time so you don't get no more uh, angry emails and stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> We don't we don't need that, man. We don't need no haters on this episode. But that's exactly. Okay. So how have you been, man? I heard that uh, you've been you've been busy, but it's good to hear your voice again, sir. Yeah, man. Just you know, like busy living life. You know, um, like we were talking about before we got uh, we started recording. You know, just uh, for those who do not remember me, and for those who may, I'm the former host of the Crossroads podcast that Jason now hosts. Uh, been off of there for a few years now and you know since then you know things have changed in life and whatnot and unfortunately I really even if I wanted to come back and do podcasts again I really just don't have the time for it anymore but you know hey that's what we got guys like you for you keep it rolling man that's that's what I try but you managed to have some available time open today to talk about Wrestlemania 30 absolutely and here's what's cool is the fact of uh, you, sir, for background for people, you love The Undertaker as much as I love The Rock. Uh, and people know my love for Dwayne. You know, we're, we're best friends. I'm a spokesperson. But you love The Undertaker just as much as I love The Rock. Because this is a true statement, sir. Who's The Undertaker? <laughs> Always got to be sarcastic and smart-ass, aren't you, sir? You gotta, you're got you starting I, things off right, man. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very much true. Undertaker is to me what Dwayne is to you. Uh, the only difference is I don't call him Mark. I just call him Undertaker. <laughs> Excellent. Now, you have basically not watched wrestling for quite a while. You've kind of given up on it, but... What made you decide that you wanted to go to WrestleMania 30, actually spend money, considering the fact you haven't been watching wrestling for quite a while? Why did you want to invest the time to go to this? Tell me your history behind this, sir. Well, um, I had actually, I was a longtime wrestling fan, man. I, I started watching wrestling back in, you know, the mid-80s, back when, you know, Hogan was 
at his peak and all that good stuff. And it's kind of been off and on, and, you know, throughout the years. I was real big into it back then in the mid to late 90s with the Monday Night War. I got real heavy into it again. And I think it's more of, you know, the people that I grew up watching one by one, you know, they're all retiring, they're moving on, doing other things. So I just haven't really gravitated to one person you know we all got that one guy for you it was the rock you know that just keeps you tuned in no matter what and eventually you you know you start rooting for somebody else when that person goes away and i really just haven't found that guy yet so i mean i i watch it but it's i'm just not watching it consistently like i used to fair enough so what made you want to go to wrestlemania 30 Oh, uh, that's I can answer that easily, Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's been in every WrestleMania, you know, obviously for twenty, you know, twenty plus years. So, what made you want to go to this one? Is it because it was thirty? It was supposed to be the big one. Is that what made you want to go? Well, there there was a lot of things that played into it. Um, first, when we found out that uh, we were actually watching WrestleMania 29 last year. You know, uh, I don't remember all the matches except for, of course, Taker and the CM Punk match, which was a great match in my opinion. Rock versus Cena was the main event. Well, we're not going to talk about that one. Let's talk about the Rock <laughs> Cena the year before that. Because <laughs> right. I, I, I got to confess, I'm not a big Cena fan. You know, there it is. I'm just you, throwing it out there. You and a bunch of other people. Yeah, well, I mean, and of course, you know, Rock from the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, all that. I'm not the Rock fan that you are, but I am definitely, you know, more pro Rock than I am pro Cena. <laughs> right. But anyway, you know, I, I, uh, you know, rambling for a second. I do that sometimes, folks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we we had found out. I think I don't remember if they announced it that night or shortly thereafter that WrestleMania was coming to New Orleans. I live in South Louisiana. I'm relatively close to New Orleans. So we just figured it, and it was a big group of us. We just said, you know, why not? Let's go. You know, it's the 30th anniversary. They're coming to the Superdome. Or uh, if you ask Hulk Hogan the other night, he said the Silver Dome. <laughs> uh, inaccurate Hulk. Sorry. <laughs> right. But, you know, and that's mainly what it was. It's just like, you know, well, let's go. I mean, let's go see what it's all about. I had been to live wrestling shows before. I had been to two WCW Nitros uh, in the Superdome back in the 90s when, you know, during the Monday Night War. And I had been to a WWE house show uh, several years ago. And they were good experiences. But we had never, ever been to a pay-per-view and let alone the biggest one of them all. So it was just, you know, the opportunity presented itself and we were just like saying to ourselves, we we can't pass this up. You know, it's it's a once in a lifetime experience. You know, I've never been to a Super Bowl, a national championship or anything like that. So it's like, hell yeah, let's go to WrestleMania and see what it's all about. Awesome, man. Now, uh, when Ryan was telling me about his trip, it was very expensive. So for really? you, yeah, I mean, obviously, because, you know, be, we're in Illinois. So obviously, Illinois is much further away yeah. than where you were at. So yeah. and, and obviously, beers were like $9. So, I mean, you easily could have blown a lot of money if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Money-wise, did it cost you a lot to go? For us, absolutely not. Um, you know, and we, we had the cheap seats. We were in the nosebleed section. I didn't even pay 50 bucks for my ticket. You know, gas was more probably expensive than anything. 
but you know it was still we went we made a day out of the whole thing we walked around the city you know showed some you know showed some folks some sites that you know were uh that had never been actually in the city proper so we you know we kind of took all that in and then actually went to the event itself we really didn't spend a whole lot of money and and not just you know because we were being cheap or something it's just when we were there uh you know one story that from the actual event itself, you know, of course they had the WrestleMania access and whatnot, all the, you know, the different events all week long. Yep. And we looked up at the ticket prices for that stuff and the ticket prices just for the WrestleMania access were almost, well, uh, not almost, they were literally double what we paid for the actual WrestleMania tickets. And one of the stories coming out of that was we were we had met up with some guys from uh, Germany, and I don't remember if it was these guys or some other guys that told us this, but what they were saying is they had waited in those lines at WrestleMania Access all day. They spent the money to go to all of that stuff, and from the time they got there till the time it was time to go into the Dome for WrestleMania, they might have got three autographs. Wow. So... You know, in that sense, you know, we we didn't go all out. I mean, it was really more let's go to the actual event itself and experience that and see what it's like. And you know, the other stuff, you know, I mean, none of us are millionaires, so we can't really afford to do a lot of that stuff anyway. Right. So you know, we made the most of what we had. Basically. Excellent. So basically, starting off, you know, prior to WrestleMania uh, opening, we had the tag team match which originally was going to be a fatal four-way match but then they changed it to be an elimination match which i thought was a a smarter uh, idea now were you familiar with any of these tag team guys the usos and the real americans and so on and so forth did you know anybody in this fatal four-way match i do i i do remember the all the real americans or whatever they're calling themselves as the real americans or all americans the real the real americans yeah okay bunch, yeah, bunch yeah i am familiar bags, basically yeah that's what i've been told <laughs> yeah essentially i i've stated numerous times how much i hate these guys and it's not the kind of hate that you love to hate it's the fact that i hate them because they're trash i mean the the main guy is just the big racist and I think it's just a terrible character that the WWE created. I'm surprised the guy never got shot going to multiple cities. I'm surprised they're still alive. But a star came out of the Real American, Cesaro. Absolutely. And, you know, the Usos, I love the Usos, of course, because they are related to my boy Rock, just like Roman Reigns is related to The Rock, which, yep. which I, I assume you knew that. But Yes, I, I am familiar with The Shield. Excellent. I love the Usos. They're super fun. You know, we don't have many great tag teams anymore like we did back in the Attitude Era, but the, oh, Us- the Usos are super great, super fun. I was hoping that they would win. Uh, Los Matadors, you know, they're kind of the, the comedians, if you will. But how did you like this match, sir? Actually, I thought the match was rather good. Um, it was, of course, you know, it was the match that came on before the actual show, if I remember. I think that was the pre-match. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Yeah, okay. it, it was uh, the 5.30, because the pre-show was 5.30 to 6. The match was right. about 16 minutes long. And, of course, the Usos would win this match to kind of get things started and from the reaction I heard being there, Ryan was telling me that it really got people fired up for WrestleMania. Uh, it did. And it, it kind of surprised me how much people 
were cheering for the real Americans. I mean, I, I know I'm familiar with the gimmick, you know, uh, the, the Zeb Coulter thing and all that, and I get where you're coming from, and I'm not really a fan of that either. But they've done this kind of stuff in the past. If you remember way back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, with Sergeant Slaughter, he was an Iraqi turncoat and all that. They used to call him, and he betrayed the USA. Yeah. So it's not it's not nothing new that, you know, that they're, you know, it's not new water they're treading with this whole gimmick. But, you know, it's doesn't make it any, you know, better. Uh, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially in today's. Uh, age people are way more sensitive than they were back then of yeah. course so i mean uh, you could easily expect someone like this to get smoked you know oh, for yeah. playing a character like this so yeah, you, you could definitely get away with it a lot more back then that i'm not saying that makes it right i'm just saying that you could get away with it more back then i'm surprised that they've kept this going as long as they have and who knows maybe with the whole cesaro thing you know, is are they going to try and find someone else for Swagger to team up with? You know, is he going to stay with you know with Cole with uh, Zeb and or you know what's going to happen with that? Right, especially now. I don't know if you watched Monday Night Raw last night. I could not bring myself to do it. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought it was actually really good. Uh, Cesaro essentially broke away from the Real Americans officially and is a Paul Heyman guy now. Uh, yeah, I did know that. I did read up on what happened. The only thing I actually watched, I went back on YouTube and watched uh, when Ultimate Warrior came out because, you know, prior to Undertaker being my all-time favorite wrestler, it was Ultimate Warrior way back when I was a little kid. So when he pops up every now and then, I got to see, you know, what he's going to do and say. Right, exactly. So, sir, my favorite moment, which I think is a lot of people's favorite moment for WrestleMania 30, because in, I mean, for me, it's a dream come true. And I'm sure I can't imagine what it was like being there. But from what I've heard, this was the loudest crowd reaction outside of one particular thing we'll talk about later on. But that is Hulk Hogan was the host of WrestleMania, comes out. And, of course, uh, you know, I think with the butterflies, he screwed up the location, but was later. It was funny, man. It, yeah, people forgave for, him we, real easily. Dude, when we were sitting there, when we heard him say it, everybody around us was just kind of like, did he, did he say Silverdome? <laughs> really? And then he says it again. And everybody was like, kind of just like, okay, Hulk, no. I mean, that's where you wrestled Andre and WrestleMania three. It's not the same building, dude. Just saying. But, you know, it, it, it made for a good laugh. You it, know? it did. And I noticed people forgave him very easily, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool because anybody else, they would have just tore, tore to pieces. Well, it, it's Hulk Hogan, dude. He's one of the biggest names ever. Exactly. You know? And you're seeing him live. I mean, for me, seeing Hogan live wasn't a new experience. I had seen him live before, but not in the red and yellow. When I saw him, you know, he was Hollywood. He was in the NWO and all that. So it was a different. It's actually really interesting to see him in both, you know, both, pers both personas. Exactly. Because I remember standing at Nitro, and he I remember, no lie, he was looking dead at me. This was after they went off the air, and he, we got as close to the ring as we could get. He's looking right at me, and I just flipped him off. Oh. <laughs> wow. But this time it was different. It's more of you know, paying homage to the legend that he is. Right. That's awesome. Now, sir, you are a big Stone Cold fan as myself. My two favorite wrestlers oh. in history are The Rock number one, Stone Cold number two. 
and I think the rival, the rival, ugh, I can never see that word. The the rivalness, I should say, I guess, between these two, is my favorite of all time. When that music, the glass broke. Tell me your, tell me what happened, man. When you heard Stone Cold coming out, dude. When the glass broke. I almost could not hear myself, although I almost tripped over the seats in front of me jumping out of the seats, man. Stone Cold is, without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Undertaker's number one, and there's three others that are right behind him, and Stone Cold is one of those guys, man. Yeah. It was, like I said, I've seen Hulk before, and it's cool to see him again. When that glass broke and Stone Cold came out, we freaking lost it, dude. It was loud. I don't know how it sounded on the TV, but in the arena, it got really, really loud in there. That's what I heard is that it was so loud. It was unbelievable. And then when the Rocks music hit, same thing, man. You bear, it was even louder than Stone Cold, man. And on TV, even when you heard, if you, you couldn't even hear smell because the crowd That's had awesome. exploded that loud. When, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, nobody knew that these three were going to get together. There were the rumors of official confirmation Stone Cold was going to be there. We saw him at the Hall of Fame. We knew, obviously, Hulk Hogan was going to be there. Rock had tweeted he's in New Orleans and that he was going to have some WrestleMania electrification going on. But nobody knew it was going to be these three, let alone kicking off WrestleMania. What was it like seeing all three of those guys in the ring together, not fighting, but lifting each other up, especially saying, I got my best friend here, my childhood you know, hero here, drinking beer. What was it like, man? It was unreal to kick off the show like that, man. It was unbelievable seeing all three of those guys in the ring, in person. I mean, we're talking about three of the biggest names ever in pro wrestling right there. And, you know, it from, you know, being able to sit there and give Austin the hell yeah, and, you know, and chant along with The Rock and whatnot, and of course laugh a little bit at Hulk because he screwed up the name <laughs> of the building. Was it awesome. was unbelievable. The building was freaking electric when all three of those were in that ring together. I mean, that's one of those moments where you're like, yeah, I was there. I saw that. Yeah, that that is history, man. So cool. And from what I heard, because I asked Ryan, because, you know, shortly after that, the Triple H Daniel Bryan match started. And I said, how long did it take to clear up the beer? And he said, by the time the lights came on, it was clear. And I actually wondered if they had a special mat out there for the beer and then just pulled it off when the lights went out. I don't know it's, if you noticed that or not. It's possible. I, I, I would assume that it just dried up. I mean, you can you can actually see anyone doing anything to or in the ring when the lights would go out. It got actually pretty dark in there. Okay. So it it may have happened. I I couldn't confirm it to you one way or another. Okay. So after this electrifying moment, if you will, it's excellent. It's great. We have the first match of the night. Now, I obviously knew Daniel Bryan was going to be Triple H, and I knew he was going to be the main event. Yeah, that was kind of a given. Right. And, of course, it makes perfect sense that he was the first match because you clearly need him to rest up for the main event. Absolutely. So so Triple H comes out funky, you know, I I love the fact his music came back. You know, it's not the, the business suit music that they change it to. It's the game music, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, He comes out looking like Skeletor, really stupid, but he pulled it off, I guess. Okay. I got to ask, 
what is up with these weird looking costumes like this one and a few years ago he had this big game of thrones looking crown on his head how does that play into his character am, am i missing something or are they just doing that to do it i i guess he is the ultimate game and the game to be played so he is the king is my okay. under because even in the song it says get ready for the king or there's something right. there's a line about the king so right. he thinks he's the king therefore coming out on a throne but i think he watched masters of the universe prior to last you know wrestlemania 30 i guess so yeah so when he cut his hair he went from looking like beast man and put the mask to put skeletor i yeah. got it yeah <laughs> that, that's my understanding so uh, so this match, man, it was 26 minutes long. It was actually the second longest match of the night. It was really fun, obviously. And of course they, they jacked up him. So, you know, to make him even more of an underdog for the final match of the night. What of did you, course. what'd you think of this match? Actually, I thought that match was pretty good. I mean, it, it's great, but you know, kind of same time, it's kind of like what you've already said, where we, we, we knew Daniel Bryan was going to win that match. I mean, he, with the bandages and whatnot, and he's wrestling first. There's no way that, in my opinion, that they would have put that match on second to last or anything like that if they had any intention of Daniel Bryan winning the title later on. Exactly. But I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I said it was suicide if Daniel Bryan didn't win the championship. Agreed. You know, it's like for five months, you know, at first I had major issues with the storyline. But after the the beginning segment that they showed in Raw, I'm sure you saw that part where they really showed you the recap of the past five months. I actually thought right. that the, the storyline worked out fantastic and I thought they did an excellent job of really keeping him down, but keeping the fans in the palm of his hand because I since The Rock Daniel Bryan's the only person I've seen have people in the palm of his hand. Is the last time I saw that happen. Uh, yes and no. I would say when Cena first started getting big, before you know the the let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance and all that came in years and years ago when he first started getting big. I don't know if I could say he ever got as big as The Rock or Stone Cold. In my mind, I don't think so. But I would think he had that for a little while until people got, you know, bored with him. Yeah. But it, it's still it's amazing the way that they have paid off this storyline. The payoff was huge. Yeah, it was. I mean, I honestly think it would have been like a, we both agree suicide. It was it was almost like it was so predictable, but you wanted it that you wanted that predictability to come true because it was sure. the ultimate payoff, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, you know, I think if Brian, you know, goes on a lengthy title reign, he starts beating, you know, all comers and whatnot, they're paving him to be the next face of the company, you know, for lack of a better phrase. And, he, you know, it, the storyline, it, you know, we've kind of seen it already, you know, you know, stone cold and McMahon way back when, but, that's not a big deal to me anyway. I like what they've done with him and going back to, I think it was SummerSlam where he won the title and, you know, Hunter screwed him and he lost it to Randy Orton like seconds later. Was it SummerSlam? Uh, yeah. SummerSlam. Okay. I, if I'm, I may be mis 
it's summer sam summer slam sounds correct because this has been going on for almost six months yeah it's been going on for a while now yeah and yeah i they've i think they've done a really good job at kind of keeping the title at arm's reach from him and you could tell that they were building up to this moment he was going to get his big wrestlemania moment and he got it and in that regard yeah i'm with you all the way i think the way they executed the story and the payoff I think they got that right. Excellent. So the next match, which is the shortest match of the night, I mean shorter than even a Divas match, was that was a curb stomp. Was the Shield? And yeah. Now the Shields, you know, at first they were, you know, they were the bad boys, the the bad guys on the block. And as I told my, as I tell my daughters now, they're more of gray area. You know, they're not black, they're not white, they're gray area. You know. I'm waiting for Roman Reigns to break out and become a humongous star. I always said he would be my favorite heel of all time. This guy is amazing. I just can't wait for him to break apart. But the Shield, though, man, the more I see him, the more I love him. But not to cut you off, but what I'm thinking about is I'm. You're absolutely right. It's areas of gray now, and actually, that kind of got started more or less in the Attitude Era, and I'm still seeing it today. Because I can remember back in the '80s, you know, wrestled the first uh, five or six WrestleManias. You had a clear-cut fan favorite that everybody pulled for, no matter what, and the clear-cut bad guy that everybody booed for. And it seems now, even like what you're saying with the Shield, I saw it all through through pretty much all of the matches at this year's WrestleMania. People were booing for one and cheering for the other. There was it. From the audience, you know, I mean, at least from what I was seeing, it didn't really look like people were clearly cheering for this guy and clearly booing for that guy. Both sides, you know, both competitors or all four competitors in the tag team cases had fans. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to agree with that. You know, I mean, I, I mean, if we're talking about the crowd from Raw last night, I mean, they were they were cheering for all the bad guys. I mean, that crowd was insane last <laughs> night. But uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely hear that, man. It was like, you know, you would you would get the let's go Cena Cena sucks. But it was like the shield. You're right. I mean, I would definitely hear except Daniel Bryan. It's like it was a universal. Yeah. The rocks, yeah. the beginning and Daniel Bryan were all universal cheers. But I Absolutely. definitely, as you say, you could kind of hear the boos and the cheers. It was kind of 50 50. It was very cool, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I would definitely agree on the Daniel Bryan thing. We like we. Like I said, you know, before we got in the building yesterday, we were walking around, you know, the city and whatnot. Random yes chants everywhere we went. And we're not even in the Superdome. And just random yes chants are starting up. It was pretty cool, actually. And one of my buddies was in New Orleans Saturday night, uh, close to the Dome. And Saturday night, he was saying, people just breaking out in a random yes chance. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this, this Daniel Bryan... Man, he's he he's got it, dude. He's got it in the palm of his hand. I he mean, does, you know. And it was hard to believe because you know, with the WWE Network, I'm not sure if you have that or not. Uh, I do not. Okay, uh, they they have a schedule and they constantly add new content. You know, especially with the first week trial, they didn't have a lot of crap. But as it's no longer free, they're adding more stuff daily. And they have a schedule and they've been playing the old school. WrestleManias. And when I watched WrestleMania 28, the one where he lost, like in the first two seconds, they they were doing yes chants. 
back then, two years ago. And I thought it was just recently, but no, it's been going on for at least two years. It just is a phenomenon now. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I, I see him, like I said before, going the way of Stone Cold and The Rock. If they continue to book this guy and promote this guy correctly, he could easily be this generation, you know, he could be this generation's Stone Cold or Rock or Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior, you know, whichever one. Yeah, I agree 100%. But yeah, we're, get, we're getting off. You wanted to talk the match itself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's awesome to see the New Age Outlaws back. I mean, I love me I loved some, it. I, I love some Road Dog, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. You know, I, I love that guy. Absolutely. Even though they're all old, it's all good. I, I just, ever since they came back, I've just. It's it's a part of the Attitude Era, you know. The Attitude Absolutely. Era is amazing, but I'm kind of shocked of how. I mean, Ryan told me he went pee, came back, and it was done already. Yeah. It, what, it, what was your thoughts on this, man? I mean, it was a crush or, or a squash, however you want to phrase it. I mean, it. I was not expecting that. I was expecting. I, I was kind of disappointed in that one because. You know, I watched the Attitude Era. I I watched when they came out. I watched them before they were in DX. I watched Kane's first match, you know, when he first came out. And to see them just get completely squashed like that, it was – I mean, I, w- I really wasn't expecting them to win because, you know, you got to get the new guys over. And they're good. You know, nothing against them at all. I'm actually – I kind of dig the shield. But I just wasn't really expecting it to happen the way that it did. I was hoping for a little more than what we got out of that. Yeah, I agree. You know, the shield is just, they're so amazing. You know, Roman Reigns, the Superman punch. And I'm telling you, man, Goldberg may be the guy that started the spear, but Roman Reigns spear is so amazing, man. He is such a badass. I love this guy. I love, love, love Roman Reigns. He's so awesome. And well, it- so it's, good, dude. It's pretty obvious. I mean, at least it is to me that he's going to be the breakout star of that group. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, the other two are good, but this guy, I mean, you can already see that, you know, Vince is starting to put all his eggs into this guy's basket of the three. I, in the, who knows, Mech, next year it could be Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan in the main event for the title. I mean, I think that. This is the guy that they're going to start pushing heavily. Sooner or later, this group's going to break up. You know, no groups last forever. Right. And I'm con- I'm totally convinced that, that he is going to be the breakout star of the group. Now, when we get to the, you know, the first ever 30 battle royale, Andre the Giant, which, of course, turned into a 31 man uh, towards the end here, which, of course, is essentially a Royal Rumble. But all your dudes are in at once at one time, you know. Right. How did what did you think of this? I know it was I mean, even on TV up close, I had a real hard time seeing who was being eliminated, who was laying on the floor, all this and that. And I know you had some crappy seats. What was this experience like? It was I mean, yeah, it was just as hard. And, you know, the, the only thing that I'll say, uh, one more thing I'll just say about the seats real quick is, yeah, they were in the nosebleed and they but they really weren't too, too bad. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be when we got in there. And you had the big video boards uh, on all sides of the ring, and you had them on each end of the building. So we had, you know, we could still see what was going on. You know, you just looked at the video board on the other side of the ring because, you know, you can obviously only see one side of the ring. But it was the same thing in the building. You just, people were getting eliminated so fast, you really couldn't keep up with it. I was expecting it to go a little longer than what it did. It's true. Now, 
uh, I, I saw a picture that is essentially like in the past where Hulk Hogan picks up Andre the Giant and, and throws him on. Of course, yeah. we saw Cesaro mm-hmm. do this to Big Show, you know, because Big Show was the one that was predicted to win, and that's who I thought was going to win. I'm really shocked Cesaro won, which I'm glad he did. I mean, he reminds me so much of Jason Statham. It's crazy, but... Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you who your prediction was to win the thing. Big Show. I thought Big Show was definitely going to win. I thought maybe Sheamus would be the possibility, but I never, ever thought Cesaro was going to win. I'm not mad, but I was shocked that he won. I wasn't shocked. I'll admit, I was a bit surprised that they gave it to him. I really was expecting Big Show to win. We we were all sitting in there, and people started getting eliminated. You know, you see Big Show, he's still walking around and whatnot, and my – you know, my old school brain kicked in, and I'm thinking to myself, it makes sense for them to give Big Show the first ever, you know, Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy and whatnot, because when he was in WCW way back when, his name was the Giant, and I don't know how many people remember this, but he used to claim to be Andre the Giant's son. Yeah, I remember his debut. He was part of the real crappy. Uh, the Dungeon of Doom, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, so that was my logic behind thinking they were going to give it to him. But you know what? I, I got to give that. I got to give Cesaro his props, man. He picked that guy up and threw him out of the ring. Uh, it, uh, it looked almost like it took him no effort to do it. And I, yeah, I got to applaud that guy. He, yeah. Uh, he, he he got it done, and you know, mad props to him. Yeah, I mean, what Big Show's what four hundred, five hundred pounds? Oh yeah, yeah. It, that's what's so crazy is when you look at the side by side picture. I mean, you almost think it's Photoshop, but it's the real thing. It's crazy, you know. Exactly. Now I know he joined up with uh with Paul Heyman last night, yeah. and I I think that's a mistake, just my opinion, because he got a pretty good pop after he eliminated Big Show. The, the crowd was kind of digging him. And to me, I don't, I mean, and of course we're all armchair bookers. We all think we know what's best and whatnot. I would have just kind of started building him as another, you know, pushing him towards being in another top baby face, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And here's, what's funny though, even though he's going to be a Paul Heyman guy, I don't necessarily think they're going to make him heal. I think he's going to be kind of a gray area kind of guy. I really do because of the fan favoritism that he has currently. It's it's definitely possible. I mean, you know, and not to sound cliche, but to quote them, you know, anything can happen. I would, I personally would have liked to see him go more towards the face side. I think, you know, with a little more personality, a little more mic skills, I think he could be a guy that the fans would get behind. But, you know, I'm not the booker. <laughs> yeah, I, Paul Heyman, man. I mean, I I the really walrus. I hate this guy. I really do, but. I mean, the guy is a talker, and maybe they, they need Cesaro to have somebody to have, uh, you know, Paul Heyman to talk for him and stuff. But this guy, you know, the king of swing. I love the little catchphrase they gave him last Oh, yeah. <laughs> but every time I see him, I think of Jason Statham, man. I'm just. See, he, here's what I'll say about Paul Heyman. Uh, it, I think it's good to have him around. But, uh, I mean, the guy is a genius in the business aside from the fact, you know, that his own promotion kind of failed, you know, ECW, the guy is great when he's on camera, he knows how to talk. He knows how to just freaking, you know, take his, his hand and just nudge people in the direction that he wants their emotions to go in. And he's always been that way. He really has. And another thing I like about it is, 
you know, way back when, you know, late 80s, early 90s, when almost all the bad guys had a manager that would come in and cheat for them. And you haven't had that in years. And Paul Heyman is kind of, you know, that's kind of his role now. And it just kind of, you know, is a harken back to those days. And, you know, from that regard, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, true enough. So after this, I mean, this match lasts about 13 minutes, uh, 14, I should say. It's 13 minutes, 58 seconds. So then we get the match that was the most surprising for me because uh, what we do is on Face versus Heel, that's you know the, the wrestling show that I do, we have our predictions that we send out for everybody in the Facebook group to do their predictions, and then you know we see who the winner is at the end of the pay-per-view. Can and, I ask you a question real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. Which one of you is the face and which one is the heel? I would be the face, sir. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Come on, did you have any question on Do that, Do you sir? smell what Masunas is cooking? <laughs> you should join, sir. I need somebody, you know, like you to... I need some more smart asses up in there, sir. Oh, God. No, I I don't want to get those angry emails coming back. <laughs> it, there's, there's no emails involved, man. It's just a big, fun group, man, where we all sit around and talk wrestling every day. It's good times. But. Man, I, I, I could talk. I, you, when you start talking about the old school wrestling and whatnot, man, I, I can go on for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I bet. You get me started on one particular topic and I, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to shut up. You're going to have to pull the plug on my mic. Awesome. Well, as I was saying, uh, normally, uh, you know, it's, I usually pick the good guys because obviously I'm the face and, and Ryan's loves the bad guys. That's kind of his thing. But sometimes we really agree on certain things, but he, he hates John Cena with the passion. Now, mm-hmm. Anytime I do a prediction, that's it. You know, I'm done. But about four hours before uh, WrestleMania started, I went in and changed my prediction from Cena to Bray Wyatt because I read so many articles about how Cena didn't need to win and this would stop the momentum of Bray and everything. And I, it, everything made sense. It was the first time I ever changed my prediction. And I it was actually shocked that John Cena won that night. I really was. I wasn't surprised just because... He's John Cena. Super Cena. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 the golden boy. He's the golden goose. He's the cash cow. So, of course, you know, barring, you know, uh, another match against, you know, Rock or, you know, uh, another legend or whatnot, nine times out of ten, it's just instinct to me, yeah, Cena's going to win that match. Yeah. I mean – it kind of sucks. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of pulling for Wyatt just because I'm not a big Cena's fan myself, like I said. But you know, it, it, it's one of those where after it was over, we were like, "Oh, right, yeah, Cena's out of here. Let's get back on with a good part of the show." <laughs> All right. So, what do you think of this Wyatt family? Here, here's what I had to say. You know, with Ryan prior to this is that the Wyatt family for me is a bunch of people that I love to hate. I think that without them, the WWE would definitely be very dry. And I think they're very, they bring a certain, uh, they bring something to the table that has been missing for quite a while. So I definitely think if they were gone, it would be a bad thing. But I mean, they're definitely creepy. They don't shower or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. How do you feel about this Wyatt family that we got introduced to? Well, they're definitely odd, but I mean, that's obviously part of their gimmick, and I think it works for them simply because of the fact that, yeah, they're getting over. 
And, you know, uh, like Reigns is going to be the breakout star for the Shield. Wyatt is going to, you know, Bray is going to be the breakout star out of that group. The other two, I don't know. Like with the Shield, it seems more of like a, almost a cohesive unit, you know, a DX style NWO, very coordinated and together, at least in the early stages of those groups. Whereas this one, it seems, it just seems to me more like the other two are kind of tag alongs. Yeah. Luke Harper, Eric Ronan. I mean, they're they're trying to prove that they're pretty tough in the ring, which I definitely agree that they are. Oh, I don't doubt that they are at all. It's it's just that, uh, I, man, he's just so creepy, and just this whole cult leader situation that they have right. going. It, man, I'll tell you, the WWE has some balls. I'll tell you that much. Bringing in a, a group like this, uh, I, I guess it would feel stale if we didn't have people like this. Yeah, it, what would really be interesting to me between that group and the Shield is what would they have been like in the Attitude Era, oh where my you gosh, know, dude. no holds barred. You know, they'd be you know a lot more free to do and say you know whatever they wanted. Man, can you imagine the amount of bloodshed that these guys would cause? Oh wow, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's crazy. No, I, I I dig them, uh, but like I said, I'm, the other two, I just don't know what's going to happen to them when whenever they decide to split that group up. I I just I honestly, and I hate to make this comparison because I know it's kind of insulting to the guys personally, and I wouldn't want to do that. But it's almost kind of like the Spirit Squad thing, where one guy, Dolph Ziggler, ended up being a star out of all that group. The rest. You know, when they split up, they were there and they were wrestling, but they never really got any momentum going and they all just kind of faded away. Yeah. I see that happening for these two. I mean, I could be wrong, you know, wouldn't be the first time, but that's just what I see. Yeah. Time's going to tell. I mean, the way things are setting up, it looks like we're going to have a pretty fun 2014. It looks like it's going to be a better year than what we had last year with everything with storylines and stuff. Um I definitely thought that the Shield versus the Wyatt family was a great story. I wish they would have expanded more on that. I'll tell you one thing that I'm really happy about is I guess when Daniel Bryan was part of the Wyatt family, the fans were so pissed about it that you noticed that they broke that story in eight days. And it oh, was yeah. it was supposed to last to WrestleMania. And I'm so granted he got a concussion the night of that Raw, but I was so happy that the WWE listened to their fans for once and broke away Daniel from the Wyatt family. That was amazing. Yeah, that that was never gonna work. I mean, in in theory, you know, somebody thought it was a good idea. I mean, maybe in theory, I might have thought it was a good idea, but when you actually saw that play out, and I remember that Raw when they were forcing him to be, you know, part of the Wyatts and whatnot, it. It, it it felt off. Yeah, it did. I'm not, I'm not sure how to really describe it, but it, it just it didn't feel right. It's like this guy is on his way to being the next big big thing, and this you know, I'm I'm glad that it didn't derail that. I mean, that would have been my only concern had it lasted a lot longer than it did. Right, I agree. Um, so when we get to Probably the biggest, most shocking moment in WWE history. You know, you, sir, you know, 
your love of the your love of the Undertaker. I can't imagine what this moment felt like for you, but kind of setting things up on my end here, when when this opened up, immediately I felt a tiredness on this guy. I thought he he just looked really exhausted. And to be honest, I actually admitted that maybe it could have been the night prior. I just I had a hard night sleeping with nightmares and stuff. But I actually fell asleep for about two or three minutes during this match because I think of, you know, well, he's automatically going to win. And, you know, Brock Lesnar was just dominating him and stuff. And then when the moment happens, it felt like, you know, as Ryan was saying, the loudest sound, which you thought was the Rock's music, was actually the people's reaction, the sigh sound of this. So set this up for me, man, when you're there. Well, it, it, it was un it, it was unreal. It's 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 you know, it's one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. And I'm not exaggerating that. I mean at least that's my point of view. You know, we're pretty far into the whole event by the time this match comes up. It's what the third to last match. Exactly. And, you know, the lights go out, they do all the little thing with the coffins and whatnot. And yeah, you know, you're feeling it. It's for me, it was, it was almost goosebumps getting ready for this. And everybody is into the whole thing at this point, you know, everybody is sold on the on the event. They're emotionally invested in it. And I'll agree with you. I, I don't think the match was particularly that good. And I do, I mean, and I am a hardcore Undertaker fan. That is my guy. And it, it just didn't, it, it's, it's not one of his better matches. Win or lose, it was not one of his better matches. It was, there were spots in there where we were kind of bored. And when that happened, though, I don't know what it looked like or sounded like on the TV but it was literally complete and utter shock that it happened. In fact, I remember saying when Brock hit the third, right when Brock was setting him up to do the third F5 on him, I remember saying something to the effect of, I don't know why you keep trying this. It's not going to work. It hasn't twice already, and I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> um. On the TV, you know, of course, hindsight, as they say, 2020, going back, you can see how things are setting up. But I, right. I remember going back and seeing the um, do F5 count to three. I could I could see him say that to him. It, it was like Undertaker, you know, as Ryan said, that the they always have both signs set up and it's always the undertaker's decision. If he wants to end it, it's always on his terms because at this point, the streak is, is more important than the damn championship, which it shouldn't be a championship should be the ultimate thing that you look forward to, but it's the streak. You know, if you were to say, I want to watch WrestleMania, you take one pick the streak versus a championship match. You're always going to pick the undertaker because you want to see him retain that. But it it almost felt like the only people that knew about it was Vince McMahon, Undertaker, and because obviously Paul Heyman didn't know because based on his reaction, and it felt like he was just done. Like he was just like, you know what? I I got my head hit. I'm concussion. I'm tired. Brock ended for me, and he and he did. And I think even Brock was wasn't even sure if he was supposed to win or not. And just I could just see him though say, you know, count to three. 
Yeah, see, I mean, obviously, we couldn't see that in the arena. Obviously. And uh, if if Heyman didn't know, that's one of the most brilliant acting jobs by a wrestling manager ever. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I'm inclined to believe that Brock had to know. I mean, and I would, and also I would agree with everything that you just said. I mean, Taker was going to end that streak if he was going to, which he obviously, you know, decided he was going to. He was going to do it his way, and not even Vince McMahon would tell him, "No, I want it this way." Undertaker was going to do it his way. Exactly. But man, uh, that five to ten minutes after the match ended. That was a unique experience within itself. The event was, a, you know, going to WrestleMania and experiencing all that, that's a unique experience. But this was even unique among all of that. I remember I saw the three count. I was looking right at it. And, and I'm sure you've seen all the pictures of the shocked faces and oh, whatnot. Yeah. I was one of those guys. I mean, I, if anybody was trying to talk to me, I didn't hear them. People were crying, man. I can confirm to you that, yes, little kids were crying. I saw it. And I just sat there. Honestly, the best way I can describe it was just stunned silence. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I remember just – I don't even remember what I was thinking at the time. It was just – it's one of those things, you know, it – I don't even know how to put it into words. It was just that unbelievable that that actually happened. I mean, if they were trying to pull off shock value with the whole in the, with the whole way they decided, you know, in the streak and whatnot, well, you know, congratulations, you pulled it off. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can also tell you that yes, people got up and left. Yes. I, I did hear that. And I, you know, I've read multiple articles about how people don't get shocked in the world of professional wrestling because we all know we're all such big fans. We know the spoilers. We know how things are going to go. And when a, when a moment like this happens, you don't know anything to do except to be silent and have your mouth open because it's such a, a shock. And but, very few moments ever happen like this in wrestling. I don't even think anyone in the arena believed it. Until they flashed the 21 and one sign, because if you if you noticed after the count of three, I mean, I don't know how many minutes passed, but it felt like an eternity. They didn't even say, you know, and the winner of the match, blah, blah, blah. They didn't cue his music. None of that right away. It was waited. It was 20 seconds before you heard a single word. We'll see. There you go. And, And when you were sitting in there, man, it felt like a hell of a lot longer than that. Because like I said, I just I just sat there in stunned silence. I, I could not believe it. I didn't believe it. And I don't think a lot of people in the arena even believed it until they cued the they cued Lesnar's music and announced him as the winner of the match. I really believe that. Yeah. Because and honestly, and you know, this this and this is part of why, at least for me, that I don't think I bought it at first because I always assumed that if it ha- if it were going to happen, it would be some type of screw job, and you know, not Montreal type screw job, but some type of screw job where 
somebody cheats and he gets pinned and Vince or somebody's going to come out and say, oh, no, 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 the streak can't end by some BS pin and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you restart this match. Honestly, I was waiting for that. I was praying for that. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it didn't happen. And it was... I, 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 I can only the only other thing, at least for me, for a personal experience that I can liken it to 1996 WCW bash at the beach, the ultimate good guy in the history of wrestling up until that point turns on the fans and joins Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and joins the NWO Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Remember people throwing trash and cups and whatnot in the ring? Yep. Food, they were, everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were so emotionally invested in Hulk Hogan over the years that when that actually happened, it's just one of those shocking moments. And that's what this was. I mean, and I know, you know, maybe to some folks I might be overstating it, but I mean, for me, from a personal perspective, that's what it felt like. It was just so unreal. And you're speaking the voice of the masses, man. I, I haven't come in contact with anybody who's taken it lightly as in like, who cares? You know, even people, yeah. even the news, I, I go on radio and they're like, Hey, you know, that streak that's been going on. Can you believe it's been broken? And you'll hear somebody yeah. in the background say, are you serious? It, it's the one thing that is, you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been taken very seriously and it should obviously, but yes, it, it should. It, it's also kind of, it's, uh, you know, it's also kind of cool that it's being taken so seriously and not just swept under the rug and like, well, who cares? It's all sports entertainment. Sure. Well, I mean, and, and just, you know, help, you know, put it, put it into a little better perspective. It, it, I was reading all day long yesterday on websites, you know, reading what other people's reactions were reading people's opinion pieces. You know, you had some about why they thought it was a good thing he lost and the others that were saying why it wasn't a good thing that he lost and so forth and so on. And I noticed USA Today had an article on the streak ending, and that was the only thing they reported about on the entire WrestleMania event. Yeah, that should tell you, you know, it's it's a big deal. It really is now. The only thing that I commented about in regards to any sort of positive situation coming out of this is for the fact of if this whole sting situation comes into effect, that it would be an icon versus legend match. There would no longer be like, I think undertaker is just tired of having to live up to the streak. It can now, if I honestly believe he's retired, this is done. We're never going to see him again. But had he come back for one final match next year, he no longer has to worry about it being a, a streak match. It can just be an icon versus legend match. That would be the only positive situation i could see coming out of this and, and you know and i've i've read online and i've seen other people share that same opinion the only thing to me and i always thought that it would go on and he would lose to another legend in the business that is at the same you know legendary status as him or above no offense to brock lesnar but he's not that guy i think you would agree with me on that yeah i most people say well it's a part-timer but also undertaker's a part-timer you know but then the theory is is that he is you know the most badass guy that they have there that technically could just whoop mm -hmm. your rear end in, in, in an alley somewhere but 
I would have expected, like you said, like maybe a John Cena taken away, despite the fact people hate him. Just somebody more, mm-hmm. more legendary, you know. Like I, exactly. I think if Sting had taken away, people would be more accepting of it and probably wouldn't have reacted that way. But it's the person that took it away is more mm-hmm. shocking than the fact that it's done. Yeah, I, and I would have been a lot more accepting of another legitimate legend in the business be it wwe or someone who hasn't been there you know such as sting my theory on the whole ending of the streak is i i always knew in the back of my mind one day it's gonna happen i i felt it anyway right i won't say i knew it i'll say i had the feeling right and that's why every year you know it didn't matter who he was fighting the good matches the bad matches throughout the years it was always i was always on the edge of my seats for his matches because you know for me as a diehard you know it's is this the year, you know, is this the year that it happens? And, you know, until now it hasn't, but I always thought that they were going to bring sting in for his last match or someone else, maybe even the rock because the rock can still go. Right. And he would lose the streak would end to someone on that status as him. Brock Lesnar. I mean, it, it, it's not just the fact that he's, uh, you know, a part timer and whatnot, He's not one of those guys in the business, and who knows if he ever will be. I mean, if he is, you know, great for him, but it's not there now, and I don't really see it launching him into that status because, like you said, he's pretty much a part-timer. Yeah. There's, there was talks about uh, him going back to the UFC and that this is Vince's way of saying, look, look what we gave you. We gave you the holy grail. You need to stay with yeah. us, you know? And see that that's the thing that this is the thing that's I'm always going to wonder about with Brock Lesnar personally is, okay, you did it. You're the guy, you know, you're the guy who finally ended the streak. And I know he can't do this on TV because, you know, they've got to promote him a certain way. He's got to be in character. So does Heyman and whatnot. But I would just hope that if it hasn't happened yet, I hope at least at some point when he sees Undertaker again, if this has not happened already, I hope he would walk up to that man and shake his hand and say, I appreciate you letting me be the guy. Yeah. I would, I would agree a hundred percent with that statement. I, I would think that he would based on the behind the scenes stuff that I've seen with him and rock, you know, because they, they have such a, they hate each other on, on TV. But then I see the behind the scenes stuff and rocks just like, Hey, look, I'm bigger than you now. And you're losing weight. Of course he had that, that surgery and stuff, but I, I see the behind the scenes stuff of the friendship that those two have, but yet, you know, you see the hatred when they come out, just like him and Stone Cold did, obviously. Which now Rock, of course, tells everybody Stone Cold's my best friend, which is fine oh, yeah. and acceptable now because that attitude era is over and then the truth right. can come out. But Absolutely, I I would agree with you and hope that he would do that. I believe he probably did or will. I don't see it like somebody like Batista. That would be somebody that I wouldn't see do that because he's a douchebag. Yeah, well, I, I've I've heard that. I mean, and I, I've never really been a big Batista fan. I never followed him closely, so I'm I'm glad it's not him. At the same time, you know, Brock is. I mean, they're both about the same level to me. But I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, whenever the Undertaker gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, if they interview Lesnar, uh, I hope that he would at least show 
the man that courtesy because, like we already discussed, Taker was going to end that streak whenever he decided to, and he's you know he did it to he did it with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, hope Brock Lesnar has that kind of class. I really, really do. If he if I ever found out that he did that, it would take the sting out of it. You know, for me, a whole lot. It would make me feel a whole lot better about it. But if he's behind the scenes and being like, yeah, you know, whatever, I end the streak, you know, screw you, I'm going to go and do whatever I want now. It would just it would just make it that much worse to me, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100 percent. I mean, maybe even if he was to induct Undertaker in the Hall of Fame, that would kind of be very cool. Like, you know, thank you for our match we had, because, you know, that's what Trish Stratus did when she when she took Lita into the Hall of Fame, just like. You know, she's not only my best rival in the ring, but she's my best friend and she's my God, you know, my kid's godmother. And you just hear all these friendship talks and stuff. So I would hope something like that would happen at the Hall of Fame that Brock would just go off and, you know, because at the Hall of Fame, mostly everybody is not a character. They're being they're being real. So I I would hope for that as well, that we would see something like that. But time's going to tell. It's obviously not going to be any time this year. You know, it's gonna it's gonna take a while for us to get any sort of truth. The I, mm-hmm. I, I guess the truth of the matter is that Vince, in fact, did go with Undertaker to the hospital. Correct. You know, as actually in the promo from Paul Heyman yesterday, confirmed that and stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, it was a because I mean, when he got up, man, he looked terrible. It took him a while to leave the ring. It did. And I can tell you that people were in their vehicles and leaving before the Undertaker left the ring. I bet. I, I, I was there. I saw it. So w- would we say this out of 100% of attendance, 20% left? It, it's hard to put a number on it, to be honest with you, because even when we went back in, because uh, after the match, when we were, we were finally able to, you know, collect ourselves to an extent, you know, I just looked at, you know, some of the people I was with and I was like, man, I need a cigarette. <laughs> so what we did, uh, you know, one of them had to go to the bathroom. So we went, you know, walk down, find the bathroom, uh, you know, so they could go. And then we went to the smoking area, which is way at the bottom on the outside. So, you know, we took escalators all the way down. Right. And the amount of people on the escalators going down, it looked like the thing was over. The last match had happened, and everybody was filing out of the building. Wow! I mean, it it was the most unbelievable thing I had ever seen. You know, I mean, as far as a wrestling fan goes. Yeah. And you could hear when we were outside smoking. I people were like hollering and cussing up a storm over the whole thing. This is BS. F this and I ain't never watching no, you know, F and WWE again and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, a lot of that is probably people just caught up in the emotion of it. But it wouldn't be surprising also if a few people actually followed up on that conviction because true, it was that emotional in that building, man. I it, it, it was just wow. And, you know, for me on a personal level, it stings because – I have been a fan of this guy for over 20 years. You know, I can recall a Saturday night's main event back in 1991, late 91 or early 92. 
Jake Roberts and the Macho Man are having a match on Saturday night's main event. Miss Elizabeth is at ringside. Macho wins the match. Jake sneaks out of the ring and he's heading to the back and he's he gets behind the curtain. He's grabbing a chair and he's going to slam Elizabeth and Macho as soon as they come through that curtain. Well, they come through the curtain. He's got the chair back. He's ready to, you know, pile them both in the head. Right. Who grabs the chair from him? Undertaker. And that's the beginning of his face turn. Heck yeah. That night. I got on his uh, I got on his bandwagon, man, and I have not looked back since. So you know, just give you a perspective of how long I've been following this guy. So my experience is I go to WrestleMania. It's the first you know big pay per view or any pay per view you know that I've ever been to. It's there's it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. I'm seeing my all time favorite wrestler for the first time ever, you know, in person. I'm going to see him win and that doesn't happen, you know, so it, it, it kind of, it puts a little taint on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it kind really of, does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, Oh, it sucked and I'm not watching anymore and screw this and blah, blah, blah. But it definitely, you know, it hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, man, I can't imagine how you felt because I mean, obviously rock has never had, any sort of you know thing like that but it's almost like i don't know like a sorcerer coming and stealing all of his charisma out of his body or something like that is right. kind of you know it's the closest i could give an example to you know i like i said man i've you i've i've always known you're the biggest undertaker fan probably there is and when i heard when this went down man i thought of you instantly dude. <laughs> yeah it, it was in in one you know in one hand it, it's it's like this okay I was the guy that's I I saw him I saw the streak end in person only seventy five thousand other people can say that but damn I would have just much rather have been one of those people that said yeah I saw my guy win <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it, as you can tell I'm uh, I'm getting over it <laughs> yeah you know, I was uh, I was extremely bummed out. Sunday night. I really, really was. It didn't take away from, you know, you know, the experience of it all and taking it all in and having a good time because I was with friends and family. We made a day out of it. We had a great time. You know, that match just left a sour taste, you know, for all of us, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a fair, fair enough statement, you know, and and I'm glad that at least the final match of the night, the Daniel Bryan versus, you know, Randy Orton Batista, that at least the fans walked away because I, I mean let's face it having daniel bryant lose and the undertaker in the same night is like ritual suicide that and that's another reason i mean if if anything didn't confirm to you before the whole thing started that daniel bryant was going to win if that had to do it for you there's no way you're going to have this iconic legend lose his first match ever at this event and the guy who is on his way to being on that same status as this legendary guy lose within an hour apart of each other in the same event that that could not happen right and you know i thought the match itself was excellent especially uh but you know when batista was going to give him the power bomb through the table and randy orton you know fell on a monitor and cut open his back you know that that was really cool but one of the things ryan was saying is that 
you know, Batista signed a contract to come back and, you know, kind of be the champion and stuff. And if he kind of gave up, you know, Daniel Bryan to be the champion that night, you know, like they came up to him and said, look, we need Daniel Bryan to be the champion tonight, you know, and just take the submission, tap out. That would, you know, that would give me a little bit of respect for Batista, you know, just a tiny bit. But, sure. you know, we don't know behind the scenes stuff, but I, I've always thought in the back of my mind that Daniel was supposed to win at WrestleMania. They've been building this up, but it's kind of like after Undertaker lost, it's like there's no doubt about it. We cannot change our minds one bit. Yeah. And with the with the whole, the whole Batista thing, and one thing that I found personally insulting going back to the Taker thing for a minute, I actually read some dude's article, his opinion piece, where he – uh, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact quote. He kind of described uh, Undertaker as a relic gone by. That's kind of insulting because as far as his in-ring ability, yeah, it's not what it was. I'm not so sure that guy may be wrong, even though I find that, you know, that phrasing a little harsh. Right. But in terms of relevance – all you had to do was look at how that crowd reacted and how people are still reacting on the internet. If you think he's not, if you're saying he's a relic because he's not relevant, I don't know what the hell you've been watching. <laughs> but yeah, Batista, he's another one of these guys. He's he's been around for a while now. Yeah, he took a few years off, but he's been in the business a long time. Yeah. And I don't know how long he's got left in the business either. I mean, I'm sure he's obviously got a few more years, you know, than Taker has. But yeah, obviously. He he I think he did the right thing, you know, instead of being a dick about it and be like, you know, well, you signed me to come back and be the champion and all that. No. Nah, he he needed to let Daniel Bryan take this train because Daniel Bryan's going to be there for a lot longer than Batista is and I'm cool with the older legends passing the torch on to the younger guys. I go back to freaking WrestleMania 6, man, when Hulk Hogan lost to the Ultimate Warrior. You know, if you ever watched that self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD, the Brooklyn Brawler put it perfectly when he said, when he was commenting about that match, he said, Hulk Hogan passed the torch to Ultimate Warrior. And I believe that. I believe that then. I believe it to this day. And I think Batista, I don't, I don't think Batista necessarily did that, but I think it was right to just go ahead and let Daniel Bryan have his day because he's the next thing coming. Exactly. I'm cool with it. Exactly. I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh, man. So overall, man, that's, uh, man, it's good stuff, man. It's definitely a different perspective as well than what I, you know, talked about with Ryan earlier. So it's really cool, man. I'm glad you came on to share your thoughts about, you know, I, I really wanted to hear your thoughts on, on Undertaker, of course, but I also wanted to hear just overall WrestleMania. So, I mean, obviously, you've watched many, many WrestleManias. I actually gave this because, you know, Royal Rumble was like it was such a terrible pay-per-view. I said, I'm never spending $60 ever again. And then, of course, WWE Network comes around. But I actually enjoyed this uh, WrestleMania so much that I gave it out of a score of 1 to 10. I gave it a solid 9. I thought it was very solid from top to bottom, you know, matches and all so how would you rate this wrestlemania well uh and you know real quickly i saw what you said about the royal rumble uh after it happened and i was actually considering buying that and i'm after i read what you said i'm glad i didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> um overall uh in, in comparison to other wrestlemanias uh 
I would I'd probably put it higher than some of the other ones that we've had the past few years. I don't know, maybe because I was there and I was into it this year. It's a different experience. You know, the people who say that watching something on TV and going in person and seeing it is a different experience, believe me, they're right. Yeah. You know, I can confirm that now. But as everything was good, I mean, I'm, gl- I'm glad Daniel Bryan won. I re- I'm really, really glad he won, actually, because uh, I if if someone was to keep me watching, remember I said earlier that there's not really that guy I found yet that I could just latch on to. Right, know, right. I think Daniel Bryan could be that guy. So everything except for the Taker match, you know, I would <laughs> – uh, if if we're gonna do a star rating, I would go with about a seven or an eight on it. Um, the Taker match, uh, heartbreaking, most disappointing thing I ever saw, like a negative four billion trillion. Right, of course. On that, <laughs> you, you know, Devil's Advocate. Let's say he won. What would you have put? Probably a ten. Okay, really? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Because I was there. I saw it in person. I saw my guy win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely have a fair score in all reality because, you know, you waited this long to see him live. Your your guy lost and re- mm. retired, basically. You did give it a, a very fair score considering the fact of, you know, the, the biggest thing you went there for yeah. gave you a bad taste in your mouth. You still gave everything else a, a, a not a, a great score, which tells you just how strong the pay per view actually was. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was, and I I would probably still feel the same way were I at home on TV. I, you know, my personal you know bias about that one aside, I thought they put on a really good show, and you know I would say you you know no matter what even if you know if you if you're like me and you go and you see your guy lose it. If the WWE is in town and you've got the means to go, you should go and experience it. Because, like I said, we made a day out of it. I was with friends and family. We had a great time. We really enjoyed ourselves. And, you know, that actually plays a lot into the score, too. But, again, overall, good show. I mean, aside from that, I don't really have any complaints about what we saw. I kind of wish Cena would have lost, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you can't win them all. Right, right. Fair enough, sir. Well, uh, we actually have an email from the STL Nation on this one. Sweet. So let's. Ooh, 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 ooh. Can I do it? Yep. Go ahead. Can I do it? Yep. All right. Uh, okay. So cross. No. <laughs> Wrong show. Okay. Do. No. Uh, this isn't flicks either. Hell, what show are we doing again? Sweep the floor. All right. Sweep the floor, Nation. Get ready, because it is. Yeah, nobody remembers that crap. Let's just go ahead and read it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into here with the STL Nation at the same. One shot, everything rides on tonight. Even if I've got three strikes, I'm going to go for it. This moment, we own it. I'm not to be played with because it could get dangerous. See, these people I ride with, this moment. All right, sir. So this one comes from my my big wrestling buddy, Jason. I call him Monday Night Jason because we actually became really good friends because of wrestling. Sweet. And and, a big time, big fan of this, you know, 
My, he's my boy, so I call him Watson. So here we go. I wonder if he was a. I wonder if he was a Crossroads listener. We had a emailer yeah. named Jason. Yeah, Jason Watson. So he's from. Sweet. Yeah. What's up, Jason? Yeah, he he got excited when I told him you were coming on. So. Sweet. He's like, "What's up, Masunis and Ty?" So. What's up? Well, WrestleMania 30 is in the record books, and the one thing that is still to the. And the one thing that is still the talk on the internet is the streak being broken. I think I feel like a lot of people on the internet, the longtime wrestling fans feel right now, that if the streak was to be broken, I wish it would have happened in such a, in my opinion, lack, uh, it wouldn't have happened in such a lackluster match, which I agree. Agreed. After all the incredible WrestleMania matches against Shawn Michaels, Triple H, CM Punk, which the, you know, which the way they all ended could have possibly ended the streak. Why now? So basically, you know, all those matches were basically more superior than this one. So question for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know you're not the fan that I am, but if you if if it was Masunas's way, who would you have had him lose the streak to? It could be one person. It could be a couple of people. Who stands out to you that should have been the person in your mind to end it? Honestly, the person that I think would have had the most success in breaking it and having the least amount of uh, hatred towards is Stone Cold. I could not argue that point. I would go with Austin, Rock, or a Bret Hart in his prime. Yeah, the reason why I say Stone Cold is because he's not Dwayne Johnson making $1.8 billion in, in Hollywood. And a lot of people would be pissed off that, you know, this Hollywood guy came back to break the streak versus Stone Cold is basically a retired wrestler who just does a wrestling podcast every week. Right. You know, I could agree with that. Yeah. It's like people love The Rock arguably more than Stone Cold, but Stone Cold has the wrestling cred to have broken the streak without the repercussions of the hatred on the internet because he's, you know, an act because he's not an actor, you know. Well, I, I think the, the here's here's the difference I think between Rock and Austin. Um, I know you might not like me saying this, but in terms of wrestling, I think Austin was a bigger name at the time when yeah. they were out. Oh yeah, I but agree. Definitely, you know, people more mainstream, you know, media media and whatnot. People know The Rock because of his movies and whatnot, but that doesn't discredit anything he did in the ring at all. Right. I, I mean I became a fan of The Rock because of Stone Cold. I, I hated wrestling for a very long time and when I got together with my wife I would go to her sister her sister's house and they would have the pay per view on and everybody was all for Stone Cold but everybody hated The Rock. I'm like, Well who's this rock guy? And I attached myself to The Rock, but everybody attached themselves to Stone Cold. It took my wife, you know, multiple years to come around to The Rock. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I know, I mean, Stone Cold and The Rock rival was so amazing. It's my favorite in history, and that's why they're my two favorite. But it's always been Rock over Stone Cold. But I know Stone Cold, you know, you tell me Stone Cold's a better wrestler. I'm not going to argue with you. Right. One bit. So here's the thing about Rock and Austin, you know, back in the Attitude Era. And sometimes I I, got to say, I don't really like just saying the Attitude Era because there was a much bigger picture going on that the Attitude Era was a result of, and that was the Monday Night War. Right, exactly. I think we can't let people forget about that, although I don't think anyone who lived through that did. But I think the difference is, like you were saying, Austin was definitely more 
established as a wrestler than the rock was because he was in the business longer right so it makes sense that you know he would be but other than that i mean i i I don't really i would not have a problem with rock being the guy i know a lot of people would but it would not bother me because the rock is one of those guys that i respect right you know he's he's i would not put him on a list of my all-time favorite wrestlers i'll tell you who i'll tell you who mine are undertaker's number one the rest in no particular order, Bret Hart, Austin, and Ultimate Warrior. But that doesn't mean I respect – I don't respect Rock at all because I obviously do by saying you know, that I would be okay if he were the guy. Yeah, fair enough statement, sir. Um, the only thing I can gather in that uh, Taker's body just couldn't take it anymore and that this year would be his last match. And I'm saying that because Mania was the one match every year that he can, that he came back for mainly because of the streak. And now that it's gone, there's no need for him to do any more damage to his body. Mania, Mania 30 was great, but it will forever be remembered as being the mania where Brock Lesnar broke the streak. I, I kind of hate it that I kind of hate I I didn't go. He was actually supposed to go, but he man, it, you missed it, Jason. You missed it, man. It, it, it was good. Because CM Punk is his guy. That's his number one guy. Ah, uh, so yeah, he he was he probably got pretty bummed that Punk wasn't going to be yeah, there. I can understand that. Once Punk left, he sold his tickets for a PS4 and just said he'll watch it on pay per view. So that's why. You know, uh, of course, now he kind of regrets it with especially the beginning with Hogan, Rock and Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. You know, but I kind of hate I didn't go because it would have been a moment to remember. But still, but I still got to enjoy it at home on the WWE Network, which held up pretty good, which that was I the heard big, that. That's good. Big thing, man. There was so much worry. You know, my crap stuttered twice during it. And it, you had millions upon millions of people streaming that sure and it only lagged twice and i was so happy and i said if this jacks up i'm done i'm canceling and now i'm hooked man i'm staying with it because if it can handle wrestlemania it can handle any pay-per-view going forward so well that's a hell of a lot better than the hbo go app did did you hear that story uh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> tangenting for a second uh the game of thrones premiere uh the hbo go app crashed Oh, man. <laughs> that had to piss off a lot of people, son. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> you you had some angry people on the internet, but I mean, well, what the hell? The internet's full of mostly angry people. Yeah. Oh, gotta love those haters. So, well. But real quick before we go, though, who is your, uh, I mean, obviously The Rock's number one, but who else would be on your list of all-time favorite wrestlers? Well, let me get to that. Let me finish Watson's email, and then we, he's got one paragraph left, and then I'll answer you. Oh, I'm, oh I'm sorry about that, Jason. That's <laughs> what happens when you get us going, man. <laughs> it's cool. Well, I'll be waiting to hear what you two, especially Ty, have to say about the Taker, the Streak, and Mania overall. You guys take care, and I'll holler at you later. Jason Watson. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time. Jason, always a pleasure to hear from you again, buddy. Heck yeah. All right, sir. So to answer your question, uh, my favorite. So in order, because I know you're not the list guy, however I am, number one would be The Rock. Number two would be Stone Cold. Number three would be Hulk Hogan. So obviously that moment is cemented as my favorite moment of WrestleMania because I had my three favorites. Up Absolutely. On Favorite Hulk Hogan moment. Favorite Hulk Hogan moment. Oh, man. Uh, definitely not No Holds Barred. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I found that movie on iTunes for like eight bucks. So yeah. <laughs> it was 
corny as freaking hell, but damn, it made oh, me laugh. Suburban Commando is terrible. Let's not talk about that one. I never saw that one. Oh. But anyway, you were saying. Oh, man. Favorite Hogan moment, man. There's so many good ones, man. Um, Wow. I, I really love the, uh, you know, the icon versus icon match. And that was an amazing match, him and Rock. Yeah, I think that would be my number one because of the respect level that happened after the match was over. It was fantastic. Because here's here's my biggest thing that I love in wrestling because it's something that doesn't happen much is when two guys have a moment that nobody can hear and it's between those two. And you have to pause your TV and rewind it multiple times just to get an idea of what they're saying. It's a moment between them. Those are the moments that I love where, you know, for example, two rivals, for example, Caitlin left the WWE. She hugged her, you know, AJ Lee, her, her nemesis gave her a hug in the ring because it was her last match. And she, you know, hugged her for like a minute and then left. I love moments like that because they're unscripted and they don't happen very much and they're real. I love those moments. Those... You're making me think about Michaels right before he super kicked Ric Flair. Yeah. Remember what he said? No, what was what did he say? He's looking Flair dead in the eyes and he says, I'm sorry, I love you. Oh. Then he super kicks him and pins him. Yeah, I remember that. I, yep, I saw that in WWE Network in one of the countdowns. I, I read his lips and you could just see the the dread in his face of what he had to do. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then after uh, Hogan, so what? That's four, right? So number five mm-hmm. have to be Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, slap it to a slim jim. Yeah. Oh yeah, dig it. Yeah, so that would have to be my top five list. He so belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what the holdout is. Why is it taking so long? <sighs> And, and The Rock ain't going to be in there either for a long time, man. I'm not sorry. for a while. No. Well, and, well, the thing is with The Rock, even though he, he you know, he kind of comes and goes, he's, The Rock can still go. Out of all the guys that have been around for a long time, Rock is still he, – he, he's not really that old yet as far as wrestling goes. So he can still come in and do a lot more good matches you know, if he were to, to decide to. And he's also four times the size he was when he left. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's much bigger now. He he has no neck, so yeah. I mean, there you go. So, uh, but yeah, man. I I think I think that'll definitely wrap up our discussion on uh, WrestleMania 30, man. Um, so what's next? NWO. What do you mean NWO? Is that the next topic, or or, or, or are we done? Um, yeah, man. We got to be done, son. I got some kids. I need to. Uh, to deal with I'll let the wife deal with that she's not oh, home good. man she's she's working son dude you are recording a podcast here priorities man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i definitely miss talking to you man so uh, what are you going to be up to man in the future are we going to hear from you again what's the deal son well as you know i mean it's it's no big secret i've been out of the the podcasting game for a long time now uh i don't know or see myself Hosting a podcast again in the near future, uh, you know, time constraint just kind of doesn't allow for it. But I had an awesome time talking with you about this. I, I had a great time, man. So uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, you ever want to talk and bring me on again, I'm be more than happy to come back on. Awesome, man. Well, that is great to hear, man. You can uh, 
definitely count on that in the future, sir. So looking yeah. forward to it. And I'm definitely going to check out you guys' uh, show. Wh- which one did you record it on? This one or the uh, Face versus Heel, where you just talked about WrestleMania and all, all that? Well, what is what happened is is that Norm on his his podcast is called D2R podcast and he records multiple shows and face versus heel is one of those that is on the feed but the wrestlemania 31 is going to be on the stl feed it's actually going live when this episode goes live because i'm going to do two i was going to attach this to the end of that but since we went way longer than i was (laughs) expecting i gotta do it as two separate episodes because the last episode that was super long was four and a half hours long the karate kid and people got pissed off that it was so long so okay, I, so you act you you broke our record on flex. Yeah, the Karate Kid was uh, four hours long, or was it? I can't remember. I, I I remember Jason had me come on for the Smallville recap episode of Flex, and we had set the record, and I think it's still standing right now. That's the longest episode of flicks i i don't i'm pretty sure it's still there but i can't remember if it was like three and a half hours or four hours i want to say it was four hours wow i i know that like man of steel the dark knight rises those were like really long episodes um as far as like uh the karate kid that because i i actually the when i interviewed Billy zapka friend of the podcast and martin cove i actually released it uh twice uh, because, you know, I did it as one salad episode and then I took the interview out that episode mm-hmm. by itself is four hours and 23 minutes long. Yeah. I think you topped us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I'm definitely going to check out your, uh, the other episode that's coming on here because I want to get the, uh, you know, perspective of another person who was there. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I hope you check it out, sir. It'll, uh, it'll hopefully I was hopefully can get it out tonight. That's my goal. And, uh, Good luck. you know, it's definitely a podcast. I definitely love doing, you know, um, but we don't do it very often. We, we actually used to do it once a week. We would review raw, but it got to be such a pain in the ass that we eventually moved it to just be in pay-per-views. And then we got so busy. This is the first episode yeah. we recorded in months and stuff. And with STL, you know, I'm recording an episode every week, you know, so I, I you know, I got the shadowy flight. I still got to record. So, you know, it, it's busy. It's a busy time. Right. And so, yeah, just don't let it burn you out because I know that was, that was the only, you know, in re- reflection, that was the only thing tough about doing crossroads was it had to be every week. And I was hell bent on getting it out at a certain time. I was hell bent on getting it at the quality that I would consider acceptable and it, it can be a burden sometimes. It, you know, I loved doing the show, and there are a lot of times when I miss it. But the editing and putting everything together—I I, got to confess—I'm not really—I don't miss that part as much. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I love to edit, man. It's like a work of art. It's—it's it's always fun for me to edit a show together. So I don't know. Ty, secret tip to enjoyable editing of a podcast: play Mario Kart <laughs> while you're editing. <laughs> Uh, every time I was editing Crossroads, I was playing Mario Kart. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah, man, I always love going back, especially if I need a good laugh. I always love going back to maybe some projection booth or whatever, and oh, wow. he, and hearing the hearing the toilet flush is always a good time. But <laughs> y- you know, the thing I always go back and listen to are the two Halloween episodes where you and Jason ripped on me for my email. Uh, Halloween two oh. period better. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh man! Well, let, let me clarify. You know, we weren't really ripping you; just kind of having a little fun at your expense. <laughs> I know, but that was a fun episode. Those were some fun episodes to record. I always loved when we had extra people on the show because it just—it was a great time to just get everybody together and goof off and have fun. Yeah, it was. And Jason will be like, "I just listened to him review Halloween." <laughs> Today, and he said Halloween one was better. And you mean to tell me in his email he goes Halloween two period better? You know, it, it was obviously uh, it's that a historical period, That period kind of became our like Stone Cold says what? And we're <laughs> like period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh but man, yeah, those were good times. I I miss. That's what I really really miss about it. Just getting on and cutting up with everybody. And, and surprisingly, that that super long three hour solo episode, your last one you did on the video game podcast. Doom oh, wow, yeah. Cast. It's still a fun one to listen to, man. It, I don't know what it is, but there, there's something the way that you recorded it just makes it where the three hours feels like an hour, dude. It's so good. And see, I thought from you know re- reflection again, I thought it was horrible. <laughs> I know you did. Because I was, I'm by myself, I have nobody to bounce, you know, thoughts and ideas off of. When I put that episode out, I was just like, man, this is. I hate that this is our last show because this is gonna suck. But you know what? Hey, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really am. Yeah, when you brought it back, I had to have your boy. Like, who's this Masunas guy? Is he a 12 year old? I was like, yeah, that wasn't fun. Uh, <laughs> It, it, but it was a segment. It was messing with Masuna. I know it was. And yes, Bat- <laughs> Batman Arkham City is still my favorite game. So that has hey, not been replaced, son. That's good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So you get the Xbox One, sir? I do have it. Excellent. What do you think, man? You like it? It's a good system. I mean, I know it, it got a lot of flack because of all the crap they you know that they were saying it was going to have that ticked people off. And honestly, I was the same way. I was like, I'm not going to get this thing because I just don't know about all this crap. I was leaning towards the PS4, and then when they came out and said, okay, fine, you know, we're not going to do all that crap. One of my buddy, two of my buddies, got it. Uh, in fact, Tempest, my old host from uh, from Doomcast, is one of them. He got the the day one edition, and whatnot, and I went to both their houses, checked it out. And it's a really good system. I mean, there's a lot more, I mean, interactive things on it than what I think the PlayStation is going to have. I mean, like, you know, with uh, different apps and whatnot. And from what I understand, somewhere down the line, they're going to have a deal with the NFL. And I'm a gigantic, you know, Saints fan, who that. So, you know, (laughs) we can get some extra content from the NFL on there that you probably will, will not get on the PlayStation Network. You know, it's just more incentive to have it. Yeah, there you go. It's funny, Jason, you know, you know, Watson, the guy that wrote in, I actually had to send him all the the old school projection booth episodes wow. just just so he could hear the the infamous Halloween episode of uh, <laughs> Halloween period, you know. Man. Well, you you know what though? I, I'm I'm so glad that 
you know you guys enjoyed that i really am that that makes it so worth it to hear that somebody actually enjoyed it yeah it's always good to to go back and you guys actually had a really great conversation about the love of Halloween and Halloween two and you know of course you playing the shamrock and stuff but you know <laughs> yep, it's Halloween, and Halloween, even, Halloween even your crossroads episode you know the three hour one your first Halloween edition where you played Halloween as a theme song and and stuff mm-hmm. that, that was always a good time and I, I would whenever I got to hear a toilet flush you know I always gotta go back and Try to, try to find that, man. You make me wish I still had that thing. Well, I, and I probably have it somewhere. It's on a soundboard, right? Yeah, it was on a soundboard. Oh, <laughs> fun fun WrestleMania fact. Okay. All the equipment that I used to record, uh, I used to record Crossroads. Right. Yeah, I pawned it to have WrestleMania spending money. <laughs> wow. For real? <laughs> it's been sitting there collecting dust for a few years, man. I know I'm not going to use it again, so... <laughs> Well, at least you saved the microphone so you could pull, you know, pull this off, you know. Actually, this is a different microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it still it still sounds good, man, so. Excellent. That's good. So, well, man, I had some fun. It's good talking to an old friend again, man, and uh, I definitely uh, you know, look forward to, you know, maybe some more wrestling stuff down the line. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again so much for coming on. You know, I know we were just, it's been forever since like you just messaged me, but you're like, dude, how was WrestleMania? And it was cool. We just started talking and you're like, yeah, man, you want me to come on? Because usually I got to ask you, but very rarely do you offer your services. So it's it's kind of a, a, I I don't know, maybe a, a courtesy thing, if that's the right word. I don't feel right inviting myself to someone else's podcast that's why i usually just wait if you know if someone my my thought has always been if someone wants me to come on their show they'll ask me i don't i don't want to be that person that badges <laughs> someone to come and be on their podcast you know right exactly but no if if you i'm i'm definitely up for wrestling or anything else man i it, it was great to sit down and chat with you again I, I had a great time and you know you know how to reach me if you ever want me back it's true man no more uh, Star Wars episodes, though. We'll we'll cut that out of the uh, equation. <laughs> Episode two: Attack of the Clones on Sweep the Leg. Oh up. no! Actually, I'm I'm doing four, five, and six. So, and I'm trying to convince Jameson. You know, he's pretty much the ghost co-host of STL. So, and he's the he's the he's actually a bigger Star Wars fan than yourself, man. But uh, even he won't commit to doing it because of all the the hatred on that star wars episode yeah yeah that was that was definitely a lesson learned i am not podcasting about star wars <laughs> haters gonna hate man haters uh, it, it's all good now i i hope you know in hindsight you know i hope folks know we were just kind of goofing off on that one too as well <laughs> yeah yeah it was it's it what was, we do yeah sarcasm is is the biggest card here so yeah i mean if you can't sit back and laugh at it you know that's you know just have fun with it you know right well i see it if you guys want to as you know get a hold it's uh email address stl it's crossroads at gmail.com <laughs> i knew that was going <laughs> damn what was that email address tim it's tim don't you be calling me tim man you'll never be invited here again i'll tell you that much <laughs> Uh-uh. So yeah, uh, pjbooth at gmail.com. <laughs> I can't believe you actually remember that. That's good, man. That's probably not it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not going, uh, you know, 
what's the word uh all-timers yet so that, that's not, not yet i mean i i'm pretty sure i'm probably going to be there in a few years i'm already forgetful as hell so you know who knows now you know stl has a pod uh not a podcast but a, a website right sir uh, actually, I did not know that. Yeah, stlpodcast.com. Excellent. I will have to look that up. Yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty simple. It's got all the links to all the shows, you know, like uh, Jason and, and all that fun stuff. But it's also got an STL Nation section, you know, everybody that's part of the nation, their nicknames, their their role, all the episodes, kind of the history and it's basically to make everything super easy to find but be very simplistic and kind of like a love letter to the fans you know because without them you know this show doesn't exist and oh absolutely yeah it's really cool so stlpodcast.com real easy to figure out it's got all the links to all the facebook pages and groups and everything else so if you ever need to find the old face versus seal episodes the link is there as well so just a little FYI for yourself, sir. And we have STL t-shirts now. So that's good. What? Heck yeah. Damn, you, you, you're you getting a little freaking uh, <laughs> business going here. No, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I had one of my fans, Hurricane Andrew, for thanking me for the podcast to get him through his crazy days. He's actually a, an MMA fighter. Not like in the – he he's not like an – professional but he's a actual mma fighter you know and wow and it's really cool that my show he says you know jameson and i we make him laugh bring back the memories and get him laughing so he made a stl t-shirt it's got the logo and it says the the motto of the of the show is very good times it's my catchphrase good times and jameson's which is very good so put together it's very good times so that's the bottom of the t-shirt very good times and for $16 you get your own t-shirt mailed to your house uh any size with shipping 16 bucks so it's pretty cool excellent i, I like that I, I i'm really impressed here yeah <laughs> You know what though, when when you get those emails, when people are like, you know, hey, I was I'm having a down day, you know, things just aren't going right. I put on your podcast, it made me laugh. I had a good time listening to it. I don't I don't know if folks realize how much you know as the podcaster how much that makes your day too when you get something like that. It's awesome. It is, you know, especially if someone says. This is the greatest podcast I've ever listened to. And you're just like, yeah, right. But they're mm -hmm. they're being genuine. And you just like it really is just like it's such a blessing to have such great and faithful fans, you know, that'll just listen to anything you put out there just because they can't wait for a new episode regardless of the topic. You know, that's yeah, it's good I, I, I do remember one iTunes review uh, where somebody it, it might have been Jason or or someone else named Jason were like, you know, yeah, this guy's funny. I'm going to listen to any show that he, that he does. And I was like, that was me. That's oh, that was you. That was, <laughs> that, that was me. I said uh, I checked it out because it's supernatural. And then when, the moment I heard you and made me laugh. I said, I'll check out any podcast that this guy is on. Wow. Yeah, it was you. I, it was me that wrote that uh, review. Awesome. I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, dude, that's that's the best feeling you know you can have when someone you know says that it 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 makes your day just as much as listening to the show made their day. It makes your day that much better too. Even if you're not having a bad a, you know a bad day, it's just a great feeling. Yeah, it is. You know, especially when. You know, it's it, very 
troubling. It, it is. I mean, it does obviously cost money to do this and you do it for free and you and you yeah. take time away from your family and you, you got to record and then you got to edit and all this and that. And just one simple comment like that can just make your day. And then when you have just multiple people that are just like they got your back, regardless of what's going on, they're always there for you. Absolutely. It, it, it's like I always said that I – I know pretty much all my fans individually and I'd rather have a fan base like that than have like 2000 people listen and I have no idea who they are. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing like getting that personal interaction too. I mean, hell, I mean, that's how, you know, we got to know each other. You emailing, you know, yeah. consistently in a crossroads. We're like, okay, well, you know, he's one of our regulars and whatnot. And that's how we became talking. And yeah. Became friends. Exactly. And you're the one that started the, the stalker, uh, <laughs> uh, stalker masoonist and we shoot we shoot stalkers with a shotgun and the personal crossroads stalker masoonist. yeah but and you're like well we like this guy so we won't shoot him but anybody else you know he's gonna yeah. get shot you know that not was yet <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah you and stars man it was always such a good time man it was good times it, it really was I, I i i that's the part of it that i miss the most yeah. And you still watch Supernatural, right? Absolutely. Just as love it just as much now as I did back then. That has not changed. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with Supernatural till the end. There's no way I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I hear you, man. Even though, you know, Sam's being a dork in this season, it's still it's still excellent, man. I I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I'm telling you. No, no, no. I mean, we 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 had a couple of hiccups here and there, but I mean, that that happens with every season. You know, you've got that one filler that you're just like, eh, yeah, you know, dog. Not days. so much. But I'm still on board, and I I can't wait to see well, I, I can wait till when the show ends, but uh, I am also like ecstatic at the same time to see how it's going to finally, you know, end when that happens. Yeah, and to see a pop culture it be on like winning all these TV Guide awards and stuff, and you're just like a show, oh, yeah. a show this old has so much momentum. It's ridiculous. It's amazing to me that in this show is in its ninth season, and it's in the top three of most highest rated shows on that network. Some weeks it's number one, some weeks it's number two, some weeks it's number three. That's still amazing to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, Arrow, I love, love, love that show. But, it is a good show. But Supernatural is, you know, I always say that, you know, everybody knows Knight Rider is my ultimate favorite show, but everybody knows Supernatural is my favorite show. And mm -hmm. always has, always will be. And it's just like, it's you know I tape a lot of shows in my DVR, but that's a show that I gotta watch right away, man. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm to the point where I mean I watch a lot of I, I I like genre TV. I like other shows that are kind of like Supernatural, but those I'll get to eventually when my iTunes feed tells me, hey, you've got a new episode of Supernatural. Guess what I'm doing? Exactly. Good times, man. Well, sir. I think we'll have to call it a wrap, man. It's been good times talking to you. I think we could go out yep. for another hour. We don't want to do that. We're already almost at two hours, but yeah, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to upset your fans <laughs> by uh, you know making this thing a bit too long. It's cool, but I look forward to having you on in the future, sir. It'll be good times. And again, thank you so much, man, for for giving me the invitation to you know suggestion to bring you on man i'm, I'm excited because very this is actually the second wrestling podcast i've ever done the first one was wrestlemania was last year wrestlemania 29 and that's just because of the rock you know and 
Sure. So it's really cool, man, to be able to do some special bonus episode for the fans. It's all good times. So. Well, and I hope they all enjoy it, too. And it was a pleasure to come back on and chat with you, man. It's just like old times. I, it was, I definitely had a good time. Looking forward to it again. Heck yeah. All right. Well, you guys, uh, you guys have a good one out there. Take care. Masuna Sal. If you smile, what the rock is cooking.